Well, please open up your Bibles or the Brown Pew Bible to the Gospel of Mark. It's the second book of the New Testament, about three quarters of the way through the book. And as we do that, as you do that, oh, that's on page uh, seven, eight, page eight thirteen of the Pew Bibles. And as you get there, let's let's pray for God's help this morning, Lord. We, we know that your word has power, and we pray that as we come to the Gospel of Mark today and for the next um, year or so as we go through this book, you would teach us who Jesus is and what it means to be his followers. We pray this in his name, amen. The, uh, the year I was a senior in high school, I remember one Tuesday morning, early in the year, uh, sitting down and taking an English test. I was writing an essay about some short story we had read in English class. It was about 8.45 in the morning, 9, 9 in the morning, and the teacher across the hall poked her head in the, the room and said, hey, to the other teacher, you need to come see this. And she left and then she came back and she said, okay, students, we're ending the test. Come with us into this other room. There's a TV set up on a cart, you know, those big, huge TVs on a big rolling cart. And it was footage of the, uh, the Twin Towers falling and the news that was unfolding about that. And I didn't quite know it at the time, but you probably most of you did, that this is going to change everything. The world is a different place now that September 11th happened. And it has. We, we live now in a post-9-11 world, don't we? It was something that happened in history that changed the world forever. But there are also good things that happened that changed the world. So how many of you were watching TV on July 20th, 1969? Yes, and can you tell us, tell the younger people what happened on July 20th, 1969? The landing on the moon, right. What a momentous occasion for um, the human race and for our country that we actually put a person on the moon. That was news that also changed the world, world more in a good way and think of all the advancements that have happened since then. But it, it was something that happened that changed history. So as we come to Mark, the first verse says, The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. And what Mark is saying that we're going to see here is news. This is the announcement about something that has happened in history that has changed history forever. Okay, that's, that's what this is all about. It's not good advice. It's not mythology. It's not spiritual truths to live by. This is news. This is an announcement of what has happened that has changed human history forever. So the title for this whole sermon series is called This Changes Everything. 
Because what I hope we'll see as we study Mark is that the gospel of Jesus, the good news about Jesus, does indeed change everything in the world and in our lives. So the book, the gospel of Mark, was the earliest written account of the story of Jesus. Mark was a good friend of the apostle Peter's. He wasn't one of the original 12 apostles, but he was good friends with them. He was uh, around when Jesus was, was in, in Galilee, in Jerusalem. And later he worked with Paul uh, on a missionary journey. He was uh, the cousin of Barnabas, who we read about in Acts. So he was very closely tied into this movement of Jewish people believing in Jesus and then going to tell the rest of the world. That's who Mark was. And so he wrote this book both to explain who Jesus really is to a, a non-Jewish audience, but also to help Christians, help people who already believed in Jesus, understand their own faith. It, ha it had a dual purpose. Now Mark, poor Mark, Mark doesn't get much attention compared to the other three of these books called Gospels. Is anyone here under, who's under 10, can anyone here under 10 tell, me the, tell us the four Gospels in the New Testament? Asher. Good. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now Mark is kind of the, uh, the left out stepbrother of the four. Step, because uh, it's the shortest of the four. Uh, it doesn't have the, the soaring theological discourse like the Gospel of John. It doesn't have the elegant Greek prose like Luke. It doesn't have the long sections of Jesus' teaching like Matthew. And so it's, it's been ignored a lot in church history compared to the other three Gospels. But what Mark does so well is he is laser-focused on the question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And that's a question we all have to deal with. We all have to answer that question. And not just, you know, uh, well, we'll get to that later. Who is Jesus? Um, <clears throat> so, what I want to answer today is two simple questions. First, what is the good news? What is the gospel about Jesus? Because it's essential that we know what it is and what it isn't. The second thing is, what can we expect from this book as we get into the gospel of Mark? So first, what is the gospel? When we read that word gospel, what are we talking about? Well, it's a word that simply means good news or glad tidings. Um, it's not a word that Mark invented. This word was around in the Roman world and in the, even in the Hebrew scriptures. But there's confusion even among Christians about what this word actually means. So let's just say I were to ask you to turn to someone sitting, sitting next to you and explain to them what the gospel is, what the good news is. I imagine we get a lot of different answers in this, even in this room, which is kind of a problem because this is like the, the core of the core of the main thing of our faith is the good news of Jesus. So what is the good news? Some of you might say, 
The good news is that God loves you and wants you to come to him. <laughs> Some of you might say, the good news is that there's a better way to live presented in the Bible, and if we follow its guidelines, we can be fulfilled and happy people. <laughs> Definitely not. That's not the good news. Well, there's one that's a little closer, which is the good news is that Jesus died for your sins. That sounds like the gospel, but that's not the whole story. That's not really the gospel itself. That's a part of the gospel. So what is this gospel, the good news? Well, it means glad tidings or good news, and it's really an announcement about something that has happened in history. Mark, when Mark tells us the beginning of the good news gospel about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, here's what he means. He's about to tell us the story, the narrative of what happened through this person called Jesus, who, who really lived, who really died, really rose again. And so right away we know some things that this gospel is not. The gospel is not. It's not mythology or a fairy tale. It's not principles to live by. It's not spiritual truths that we should understand. It's not a list of things. It's a story about what has happened. It's a wonderful story. Um, now, the word, the word Messiah which in Greek is Christ. That's why some of the Bible say Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. It means Messiah. That word Messiah or Christ means anointed one. And in the Hebrew Bible, in the Old Testament, that was a very special person. They were waiting for this Messiah, this anointed one, who would fulfill all of God's plans for his people and for the whole world. So to call Jesus the Messiah right here is a big deal. And Son of God, similarly, that, that Jesus was not just a man, a human being, even though Mark focuses on Jesus' humanity more than any other gospel, but he was the Son of God, the Creator. He, he had a unique and special relationship with the Lord God Almighty. And so right on the outset, Mark is telling us <clears throat> that this is the news about this person named Jesus, who is the Messiah, the Son of God. And what will follow is him telling about how this person was, uh, uh, the, he represented, he brought the inbreaking of God's kingdom into human history and changed everything. It really happened. Meg's, Meg's mom, Shirley, told me a story the other day about how when she was visiting her son Luke at Wheaton College, where he attended, uh, she was at some kind of an event uh, for parents, and one of the professors there was illustrating this fact. And he, he drew a long line on the whiteboard in the front of the room and said, this line is human history. You know, there's an Ending, there's a beginning point. It goes on into the future. And then he took a marker and drew a slash down the middle of it and said, that is where God broke into human history through Jesus Christ. 
Like there's a date on the calendar and a place in time where this happened, where God broke into human history in a unique and special way that literally changed everything. So if we don't understand that on the outset, we will be very confused. <laughs> this, this is important. Um, because look, we're not saved by following good advice. That's not what the Bible's about. Um, uh, we can only be saved by what God has done for us in history. We can only be changed by what God has done for us through Christ. This also matters, friends, because when we think about the gospel that we proclaim and share with others, it's so important to make sure we, are, we know what we're sharing. Um, so many people reject Jesus because they think that Christianity is just another um, kind of approach to life or set of rules to follow, right? Or just a story that is inspiring that can help us love you know, uh, love people better, or a set of teachings. And that's not what it is. It's news. It's news about an event that has happened. And you can decide whether or not to believe it's true, but Mark is saying, look, this happened, and we have to deal with it. It's good news, so let's respond to it. I wonder how many people around us who don't currently believe in Jesus, how many of your friends, neighbors, coworkers, family members have rejected something that's not actually the gospel. They've rejected moralism or, um, you know, legalism or the fairy tale mythology kind of a thing. But if they heard the actual gospel, they might be intrigued, you know? So this is what the gospel is. It's news. Um... Now, number two, what can we expect from this book? I, I have to say I'm really excited to start preaching through Mark because this little book is action-packed. Uh, it's surprising. It has all kinds of um, uh, situations and scenes that will, that will um, cause us to think deeply and to be bewildered and surprised and amazed, just like the people who saw Jesus in the beginning. So two things we can expect from this book. Number one, expect to be confronted by the person of Jesus. He's in your face. He's right here. Mark is like, this is what he did. This is what he said. This is who he claimed to be. Right in verse 1, Mark is pulling back the curtain a little bit, saying, Mark believes that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, right? But as we read the story, the other people in the story haven't heard that yet. And so we're watching them respond to Jesus and try to figure out who is this guy? And why is he, uh, why is he doing what he's doing? And if he is the Messiah, why is he not like anything we expected the Messiah to be, right? Um, some love Jesus, some hate him, some listen to him, some ignore him, 
Some believe in him. Some try to kill him. And so we get to see all those responses and think about, what about us? Um, Mark's gospel, as you saw in the video, is divided roughly into two parts. There's a part one, chapters one through eight, which are all about who Jesus is. And then part two, chapters nine through 16, about how he fulfills his role as the Messiah. And right smack dab in the middle, starting at chapter 8, verse 27, is this scene where Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? Right there in the center of the book. Who do you say that I am? And that will be a question that each of us needs to answer for ourselves. Not because uh, there's many correct answers to that question, but because we may not be truly believing or understanding who Jesus is. We may have false assumptions about him. We may um, have false expectations for him. We may believe a version of him that's not true. So who is Jesus? <clears throat> Number two, expect to be surprised and challenged. The book of Mark is full of surprises and ironic twists. For example, you see the people who should understand Jesus don't, like the disciples. While people who are on the outside, like a woman from uh, Tyre and a Roman soldier who helps crucify him, they get it, and the disciples don't. It's surprising, and it makes us think about our own assumptions about Jesus. It's also surprising that Jesus comes as a Messiah, but for the first half of the book, he tells people, don't tell anyone who I am, right? Why would he do that? It's surprising. It's surprising that the Messiah comes not with power to dominate his enemies, but with weakness to die for them. That's surprising. And most of all is the final set of surprises that that this is called good news and yet the main character dies lays down his life is killed by his enemies how is that good news well mark wants us to think about that how is a suffering messiah good news for us all these things challenge us to think about who jesus is and what it means to be his followers are we willing to come to Jesus on his terms or do we just have our own ideas about what following him means? I'm going to close by sharing something here. Um, you know, it's really interesting that Mark, when he uses this word gospel, and Mark was the first person to use that word I mean, Jesus used that word to announce the kingdom, but Mark took that and summarized the whole story with that word, gospel, good news. But you know, it's interesting. Uh, Mark wasn't writing in a vacuum. This word was used in the Roman Empire. And in particular, there was Roman propaganda that used this word gospel. So Augustus Caesar um, in 9 BC, there was a decree about him, just to give you an example of how this word was used. 
because Augustus Caesar had, had you know, uh, resolved a bunch of local wars. He had brought the Pax Romana to the Roman Empire, the peace to the Roman Empire. Um, and so, and Roman emperors were viewed as divine, as gods. And so in 9 BC, this proclamation went out announcing the good news, the glad tidings of Augustus Caesar. Because why? He was the one who would bring, um, well, let me just read the original words here. Just part of the inscription says, Since providence which has ordered all things and is deeply interested in our life has set in most perfect order by giving us Augustus, whom she filled with virtue that he might benefit humankind, sending him as Savior, both for us and for our descendants, that he might end war and arrange all things, and that since he surpasses all previous benefactors, <laughs> blah, 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 therefore, let his, the birthday of the god Augustus be the beginning of the good tidings for the world, the gospel for the world, right? And so the Roman Empire had its own gospel of peace, of prosperity, of power, and if and Mark is saying, look, this is the actual gospel. This is the actual gospel. It's not Roman power. It's not military might. It's not the grand Roman Empire. It's Jesus, the suffering Messiah, the Son of God, who lived and died and rose again. And how has history proven out those two claims? Well, the Pax Romana didn't last very long. There were soon more wars, and then the Roman Empire eventually crumbled and descended into chaos. What about the gospel of Christ? Well, it's continued to flourish. People's lives have been changed. We are sitting here because it has come and touched us 2,000 years later. And we are still enjoying the benefits of this good news, this gospel this is the true story that we need to live by. This is the good news. You know, th the world today has its own versions of good news also. could be a political ideology. It could be the American dream. It could be health and wealth and success. All of these so-called gospels are out there. But this is the one we need to form our lives around. Because it's true. So, if it is true that Jesus is the Messiah, then everything has changed. It changes everything. If it's true that Jesus was the suffering servant who came not to be served, but to serve and to lay down his life as a ransom for many, then this changes everything. And if it's true that, that Jesus really came out of the tomb after he was crucified, then this changes everything. The gospel is not just news about something that happened long ago. It's something that continues to demand a response from people like us. <clears throat> and so the last thing I'll, I'll show you is point out this word, beginning. In English, it's the second word, but in Greek, it's the first word, the beginning of the good news. Now, Mark is not just saying, this is the beginning of my book, but he's saying, this whole story is the beginning of the good news. Jesus 
came, he lived, he died, he rose again. But the gospel is still transforming people. And people are still responding to this good news. So the question for us is, how will we respond? Will this be good news for us? Will we believe it and, and conform our lives to it, trust in Christ and follow him? Because if we do, we can be part of the story that changes everything. Amen.